It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First Contact with Lori Siegel is a production of Dot 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 Media and iHeartRadio. It's worth saying that this is kind of boss level mode and that this is the hardest version of working from home that you could imagine because a lot of people might have kids or they didn't really have a chance to prepare for this. This definitely feels like boss level mode. I'll tell you that much. As you talk about kind of boss mode, I, I think, you know, it's it's an interesting time to start developing those routines, the things that you said you would and you never did. You know, the hardest barrier to that? What? Is distractions. Yeah. So I think part of what makes this harder is that there's so much going on in the world. Do you use any uh, meditation apps yet? Well, no, but I certainly should because I, I think one thing I've noticed in isolation is um, the mental gymnastics are maybe the hardest part of it. Okay, wow. Well, we are in some very strange, strange circumstances. So Matt, I wanted to bring you on First Contact. Matt Mullenweg, you are the founder of Automatic, which is the parent company of WordPress.com. If folks don't know what WordPress is, I'd like to say like, you guys power a good amount of the internet. You power 34, 35% of websites are hosted through WordPress. And something that I have always thought was really interesting is you've been doing the whole work from home or work remotely thing for a very long time, right? Like I think um, you guys have never had one space, right? Yeah. You know, we came out of the open source world. So yeah. My first colleagues were actually, we were working together as volunteers over the internet before the company even got started. So our founding, in fact, was uh, was on the internet. Wow. So first of all, to give you a little bit of a backstory, we just had to create this whole setup at my place remotely. 
my colleague Jack was literally remoting into my computer to help me set this all up um, because in the last couple of days, everything has changed and we're all grappling with what this virus means for us and what it means for work. And I mean, I'm self-isolating right now. And so I'm not leaving my apartment. And you're, you too, you're self-isolating? Yeah, I'm doing kind of the physical distancing. So my yeah. mom is it's a little bit older, so I just try to be extra careful with these things. Yeah. And uh, so I came down to Houston a few weeks ago. Well, I think, you know, as a lot of us are kind of grappling with this moment, I think a lot of us are trying to figure out how to work from home. And I've never really done this before. So there have already been some mishaps. Like, truthfully, this is embarrassing to say to you as like a tech founder. Like, I, I think I wore pajamas for my first uh, four days in self-isolation and people would try to FaceTime in. And I was like, I don't think this is the right thing. So I realized I had to put on real people clothes like uh, about a day ago. Um, mm. and, and so I really wanted to help give people a sense of best practices. Like, how many employees do you have working remotely? Yeah, so we're around 1,200 people now. The company's been pretty much completely remote from day one. We did do an acquisition last year of Tumblr, actually, near you in New York. And so we have a, a WeWork space for them. But it's declined to where only about, I think, 50 people are going into that office regularly, of course, before oh. all the uh, the virus stuff started. So what we try to say is that our, our center of gravity is online. So we use the word distributed instead of remote to imply that that's not like essential and remote, but really like every node is connected equally. And you want that sort of equality of access to information and ability to participate between everyone in the company. I want to get started like with, you know, because you're the expert in this, but I, I guess maybe just to start, because I know this is a really emotional time. I know for me, uh, maybe the hardest part of self-isolating is the mental gymnastics so I want to just start by asking, I know you talk about being in um, Houston and being close to your mom. How are you doing? You know, how are you mental oh. health wise? Uh, thank you. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of a hermit with a computer screen a lot of ways anyway. <laughs> so I would say that um, because I travel so much normally, you know, with your friends, you kind of figure out ways to stay connected, even though you're not together. You know, they might have had you know, postal mail or telegrams or something. Now we can do FaceTime. I have friends doing um, dinner where they Zoom hangouts, you know, so, uh, which is also a good principle for remote work is to say like, well, what, what is really the thing that I was getting out of XYZ, you know? Yeah. Kind of like a first principles thinking, well, I really like just hanging out with my friends and hearing what they're up to. It's kind of an ambient intimacy there. Um, what's a way you can get, not 100%, but maybe 80% of that uh, without being physically co-located or even being in the same place at the same time. And that uh, helps a lot. You know, one of my favorite things, I'm not good at this, but I have a lot of friends who do voice, those voice messages. Do you have any friends yeah, like, like that? Yeah, like voice memos. I have, my friend Aza does that. We leave each other voice memos. I think that might be kind of cool to do during this time. It's uh, it's cool because it's, it's intimate and in that it's audio, but it's asynchronous. Right. You don't have to be on at the same time, which can be hard, especially hmm. if you're having a busy day. So when you think about that, like what are the kind of levels of communication, you know, text, audio, video, and then can things be synchronous or asynchronous? That's actually a really good framework to imagine uh, all communication, whether that's personal or professional. So as everyone um, is basically beginning to self-isolate, to stay at home, 
what are the the best practices like for working from home, would you say? Like what are the top three things that you need to keep in mind as you begin to like set up your work from home space? People have kids, you know, some people are alone. I mean, there's so many other factors when it comes to working remotely when you're not around this community and, and in a physical building. You as someone who has built a whole successful company based off of this. So could you give us like three of your top key principles and advice for people who are beginning to do this setup? Yeah, of course. And it's also worth saying that right now is a little different than normal working from home. Yeah. Right. We have people yeah. doing it unexpectedly or might be actually trapped in their home, which is, is not usual. But three things I would say are, are pretty universal. Or first, have some good routines. So this sounds basic, but we forget it, you know, <laughs> like shower, <laughs> get dressed, do some home <laughs> exercise, you know, kind of do those check-ins. Like, am I hungry? Am I tired? The routine also helps you build the boundaries, right? One yeah. common mistake people will make when they start working from home is they don't stop working. It's actually right. the one, most common thing we have when people join automatic is overwork, not underwork. So mm. building those boundaries and creating the space for yourself, I think, is uh, around routines is, is a really good step one. What's your routine? Um, well, it depends on the day, but uh -huh. I try to uh, read a little bit in the morning. Mm -hmm. I meditate. Do a little stretch. And if I have extra time before my first meeting, try to do some exercise. So, wow. and uh, there's all sorts of hacks, like the seven minute workouts, the one that uh, you don't need any weights or anything besides like a chair and your body weight to, to do something. So, if you can get that movement, it helps a lot. Yeah. I just started doing a, um, this is very embarrassing to admit, but I'm never, I am not someone who is used to being home. <laughs> I just signed up for something called like Dancing with Jessica or something. And it live streams a dance class somewhere in the South. And it's almost like we get this a little bit of serendipity back because mm -hmm. I'm watching this this random class in the South and she did a, a random prayer before they started. It was very different than a, a New York uh, <laughs> workout class and prayed for the soldiers coming back who were going to be in quarantine. And it, it almost mm -hmm. reminded me of that serendipity that we used to have on the Internet back in the day a little bit. So I've been attempting to do that too. Um, and you are talking to someone who is terrible with uh, with routine in general and working out in general. So I, I appreciate that. And I think that's going to be really, really important during this time. I started using an app called uh, FitBot, which is kind of like a, a weight training, but you can program in whatever equipment you happen to have. Oh, cool. And it, it gives you a set of exercises. Some people prefer live classes. Obviously, if someone has a Peloton like that, kind of built in. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of cool ways there. Yeah. Fitbot. That's good to know. Okay. These yeah. are these are very helpful tips. I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, I don't mean to say like asking for a friend, but like <laughs> I'm now asking for all of us because we are in this insanely unique period. And and I think for me, I thought we have access to people like you who have these understandings. So the specific stuff actually really does help. Um, so anyway, I'll do FitBot if you do Dancing with Jessica at some point. <laughs> All right. We'll sign up for the same class. <laughs> All right. Do you use any uh, meditation apps yet? Well, no, but I certainly should because I, I think one thing I've noticed in, uh, in isolation is um, the mental gymnastics are maybe the hardest part of it. So I, I should. What meditation apps are you using? Uh, my two favorites are Waking Up with Sam Harris, which is a good. Okay. It actually has a 50-day course, which you really learn how to meditate quite well. But uh, Calm, which I'm actually uh, was an angel investor in, is really great because they have specific kind of things. Like if you're feeling anxious, they'll have a couple day program just for that. Yeah. And so Calm, I try to do that at least 10 or 20 minutes every day. So that's routine. 
two, I would say think about your communication. Try to be intentional in your communication. Okay. Uh, especially you'll find yourself probably communicating a lot more over written form. Try to add all the context to the messages to give whoever is on the other side of the screen all the information they need to respond. And if you can fluff it up a little, because text can sometimes be abrupt, mm -hmm. we can often uh, tend towards brevity or communicating online because we treat it just like texting a friend and quick. But try to fill it out a little bit. Um, use emoji liberally. <laughs> Put some gifts in there. Oh, I like, like try, that. Try to make it a little bit more human, even though we're communicating via text. That's a really smart thing. I, I really like that because I'm just realizing, and I think Sabine is listening to this call, I was responding to her via text and I realized like my text messages probably sounded short. This was for actually prepping for this interview with you. And I didn't mean them to. It's just some some of the humanity gets lost behind a screen when you're moving quickly and you're doing work and, and we don't actually get that ability to look at each other and soften, if, if that makes sense. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it helps quite a bit. And I make this mistake all the time, too. Of course, if you can ever jump, if the person wants to, if I'm just saying, hey, can we hop on a call? I almost always say call, not video, for much the reason that you said you were in your pajamas. Like, not everyone's always ready <laughs> and has the setup or a good hair day or whatever it is to be prepared for video. But audio, you can hop on pretty much anytime. And there's some really great tools. I recommend a good audio headset. Sennheiser makes some really good ones, the SC30 or SC130. They're 30, 40, 50 bucks, and it gets rid of the dog barking. It gets rid of everything else going on. There's also some new software that's pretty neat, uh, one called crisp.ai okay. you can run on your computer that removes all background noises. Huh. So it uses a machine learning algorithm to essentially remove everything except for your voice. So you can actually be in like a crowded restaurant even, which I guess we shouldn't be right now, but you could be. Right. And um, more likely you might have like street noise or air conditioning or a washer and dryer or something going on in the back. The audio quality makes a huge difference. It also makes it so when you're on calls, people don't need to mute. You know, when everyone's muted, it's weird in two ways. One, to the speaker, it's totally silent. So it feels like very strange just talking to a completely silent room. And two, if you want to respond, you have to unmute first, which jilts the conversation. It slows it down. Right. Uh, so check out those. It helps quite a bit. And, you know, if you're going to be on video, put a lamp on your desk, better lighting. You don't want to look weird. <laughs> All those sort of things like help quite a bit. I know. I would say to our listeners right now, um, Matt, I'm looking at him on video and he has a very good setup in the back. He has like, you know, a nice bookshelf that has like cool stuff. Like, is that like some kind of cool album? Like uh, you, your back setup looks much in more interesting than mine. I have a staircase in mine. And I also have, I don't know why everything is shut down, but there's construction happening outside. So <laughs> thank you to, to all our listeners who are bearing with uh, my, my home self-isolation attempt at giving them advice on working from home as I'm not sure if I'm 100% doing it the best. <laughs> I actually think your background's great. You have flowers, it's pretty tidy. <laughs> and some software like Zoom actually supports like a virtual green screen. So you can put an image behind you. Oh, wow. Um, but it is good to take a few moments just to make your background a little bit more professional or, or try to design a little bit, like put some pictures of your loved ones there or something where it just feels a little better. That's cool. Yeah. You know, finally, I would say if the first tip was around, or the first set of tips around like just being healthy, so you're in a good place, seconds around like kind of the work communication, I'd say third would be around like what are things you can do to actually make it way better than you would be if you were in office. So uh, some examples, 
I have a candle on my desk. Mm-hmm. I love candles. It smells really good. You can't really do that in an office. Yeah. You know, maybe you're hot or cold in the office. So set the temperature exactly how you like it. Something I like to do that I guess you could do in an office. I would just be embarrassed. But in between meetings, I like to do just like a little micro exercise, like 20 push-ups, or 20 squats mm. or something. So think of things you, that are actually better because you're at home and by yourself that you can kind of build in these healthy micro habits. Put the music on you like as loud as you like. I like to dance around a little sometimes. So if I'm feeling a little low, what's your song? What, what, what's your song? What song are you dancing to? Uh, there's uh, there's a, it's called the Days Without You Cruisin' Remix. It's one that Wait. always gets me moving. That's amazing. Um, I've decided where's the song. I'm I'm just gonna look for it for our listeners. I've decided to wake up every morning to yeah Kylie Minogue the song Dancing. Um, by the way, I wasn't even like a huge, I mean, I wasn't like a diehard fan at all. I just, it is such a great song and it is such a, I, I realize, um, there's something about moving your body and smiling, uh, during this time. Okay. We've got to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. More with my guest after the break. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. 
In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I said mental gymnastics earlier, I mean, you know, to give you more context, you know, it is easy to get stuck in our own heads. It is easy to not only just be working from home, but to be dealing with issues like fear and anxiety about our loved ones, not just ourselves. I think both of us are in our 30s, right? You know, my mom is back in Atlanta, you know, was sick in August. I, you know, I think we all have family right now. And, and I think the mental gymnastics of of not knowing and knowing something scary is to come. And, you know, I think that can be really hard. And I think music for me, and I, I love hearing you say music, has um, has always played a role in just making us smile during times that are unprecedented and, and things we don't know how much control we have over. Although I will say yeah. I think we have control and that we should be staying inside right now. Yeah. It's the fastest way to shift your mood, to change your brain. And yeah. You have the advantage that you're not going to annoy any coworkers, maybe your neighbors, but <laughs> uh, so these tools, I think, are, are just things you can look to. Just like the way you put on your oxygen mask before helping others. Yeah. Um, it helps. And I think about it a lot. In some ways, you know, I've struggled a little bit because it feels a little silly to talk about these things while there's a crisis going on. But also, I think that if, you know, you or I, maybe not in the health professions, we're not going to be able to contribute in that way, keeping the economy going keeping lives as normal as possible, being strong for friends and loved ones is one small contribution you can do, sort of keeping things moving, even in a challenging time. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, part of, I think, what's important during this time is for us, I mean, especially for people like you, you're um, a tech founder, a very successful tech founder, and, you know, you have all these systems in place and you've been doing this for many years. And I think for people to have access to someone like you during this time, because we're all turning to technology, I would say in a way that we were all using tech, but now I think we're about to develop a very new relationship with tech because we are so dependent on some of this. So I tried to do it a different way to send in voice memos, which I wasn't sure if that would be a little bit creepy, but I, I'm like all for human connection right now as I sit here isolated in New York. Um, and so we had some people send in voice memos to ask you questions, because I want people to be able to access um, some of the tech founders in the way that that I'm able to kind of get on the phone and call you guys. So I would love to play some of those uh, for you and then have you just respond to them and their questions. Is that cool? Sounds great. All right. Uh, here's the first one. Let's see. Hi, Matt. I work at a real estate tech startup here in New York City. Like many others, my company made the decision to close the physical office last week in response to the coronavirus pandemic and have all employees work from home. Um, this is likely to be a period of prolonged disruption. It's so important to have the right culture for making a distributed workforce succeed. So what advice would you give to leaders at companies who don't have a distributed work culture as an inherent part of their operation? but who are perhaps being forced to adopt such a working style because of this crisis. And secondly, 
Do you think that this COVID-19 outbreak will jumpstart a paradigm shift in the way we think about work and perhaps get businesses to become more permanently amenable to distributed working styles? What do you think? Two really good questions. One is, I think we're trying to answer through the whole this whole podcast, right, is the advice yeah. for leaders. The only thing I would add on top of what we've already said is, is just to try to re-examine everything you're doing from that first principles place. So don't look at the input, look at the output. Not like we need to meet Monday in this conference room at 9 a.m. every week, but say, what's the result of that meeting? Why do we do that for the business? And is there a different input that could get the same output? So I think that you know unusual times are a perfect opportunity to reset habits, including work habits, that you might have fallen into just doing things by default, doing it this week because we did it last week, versus really looking at it from scratch and saying, well, if we're reimagining everything, what is a different or better way to address these things? And that is, I think, you know, if there's a way to make lemonade from the lemons here, is uh, one of the best things any of us could do. To his second point, which is how things might permanently shift, you know, they say about democracy that once you've had a taste of freedom, it's hard to return to your previous state. My hope is that after the initial toughness that a lot of folks are going to through, through unexpectedly working from home, that they can start to find some of the autonomy, agency, and joy that can come from having more control over your your work environment, your work schedule. Um, again, being judged on the output, not just the input of what you're contributing to your organization. And that we also will understand that this is the first of these that we've really experienced, but probably not the last. So just like everyone's probably going to be a bit better prepared at home for whatever you find that you're missing this time, um, I hope that everyone spruces up their home setup a little bit. (laughs) Their Mm -hmm. thinks about where they'll work from, the plans for their kids or their spouses, if there's two calls like this going on at once, where is, where is each partner or each person in the house going to do it from? And there's some pretty small and inexpensive investments you can make, like a lamp on your desk, that can be a huge help to the quality of your your ability to work from home and the comfort of working from home. So uh, make a list. Whatever you mm-hmm. find challenging now, write it down. Talk to your colleagues and friends about ways to address it. And, uh, you know, when as things settle down or if Amazon is still working wherever you are, start to, uh, you know, make those small investments and tweaks to allow you to be as productive or ideally even far more productive uh, in your own environment than you are in your shared office environment. I think that's great advice. Uh, uh, someone I know who's a leader of a big company messaged me today and said something along the lines of, you know, there is so much more efficiency, too. And some of the when there's something like this that happens, people are cutting right to it. Some of these video calls like are very, very efficient. And so I think there is something about this moment where we're we're cutting through the fat and some of the important things are rising to the top as well. And I think that that'll probably manifest itself in some capacity into our work as well. It's worth saying that this is kind of boss level mode in that this is the hardest version of working from home that you could imagine because a lot of people might have kids or something at home that aren't used to are unexpectedly at home, or they didn't really have a chance to prepare for this. So I do hope that there's a positive outcome, but I also would say that if this seems extra rough for you the next week or two, think about what might make it easier the next time. This is this is a highly unusual situation in every sense of the word, 
And uh, if it doesn't go well, don't don't write off work from home <laughs> just because, you know, the time when we weren't really allowed to leave our apartments, it was extra tarred. This is boss level mode. This definitely feels like boss level mode. I'll tell you that much. All right, I'm going to play the next one. Hey, it's Nick Smoot from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho with Innovation Collective. And I wanted to ask, what are your things you're doing to hold on to routines as they're being completely destroyed? Routines uh, usually come from a place of priorities. And, uh, you know, I'm on day six and trying to rediscover how to implement my priorities through new routines. But um, it's a struggle, to be honest. And I have two boys who are seven and nine and their routines are being completely jacked up as well. So any advice on personally rediscovering routines and things to experiment with and how do you help your kids rediscover and redefine their routines? That is a tricky one because as we just talked about, this is an unusual situation. So I'll answer for me personally. As Lori knows, I, I travel a lot because we have a distributed company. So I would travel a lot to meet people. I did over 500,000 miles last year. So that means my average miles per hour 24 hours a day, it was like over 57 miles per hour. So staying still <laughs> for a couple of weeks now and, and maybe a month or two more after this is highly unusual. So I'm using it as an opportunity to look at things I found harder when I was on the road that I'm trying to like build into good habits now. So for me, much like you said earlier, Lori, like I actually found working out really hard because I might be in a different hotel or Airbnb a couple times a week. And it was just kind of hard to get that routine and so I'm using this one thing being the same every day, which is where I am, to try to build in that routine. It's gone pretty well so far, but I'm also trying not to beat myself up if I miss a day because it's a really, really busy work day or something like that. Or, but I think that that is a good opportunity to readdress. In terms of kids, family members, spouses, all these folks being thrust into the situation as well, what I found most effective is just taking a little time to zoom out and check in with folks. So often we kind of go from day to day just doing, 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 doing. And it's nice to reflect and just take, you know, 10 minutes at the beginning of dinner for every person to go around the table and say, how has this been? What have they found challenging? What have they found easy? What have they liked? What have they disliked? And just take that without judgment and then have just a little brainstorm. What are some things we can try over the next few days? It might be different. And then do that. Check in a few days later, see how it went. <laughs> that sort of iterative process is so simple. It even feels silly saying it because it's so simple, but is the most effective way to drive change in any organization or group of people. Hmm. I love that advice. And I, I think for me personally, you know, before this happened, I had all these things I said I wanted to do, right, about taking care of myself. And I've, like you, Matt, like we've known each other for how many years? I Like, I don't even know. Well over a decade now. Well over a decade. I should mention this show is called First Contact. Our first contact we had, I think I ate ribs for the first time with you in Brooklyn at our <laughs> first contact. <laughs> and, and I think there have been so many years I've said, because I, you know, as a reporter for CNN for 10 years, I was on the road all the time. I was moving so quickly. And I think, um, you know, there are so many things on the to-do list of how I could take care of myself better, right? And self-care and something like you talk about having a candle, <laughs> dancing a little bit. 
you know, for me, it's on the list of self-care. It's been, you know, try to take a bath, right? <laughs> like enjoy something like that. It's been try to learn to be home and work out, try to be still more. And I think to a degree, this is potentially for me it, when it comes to routine, forcing me into that in a way that I said I was going to do it. And now that's it's almost a survival technique for me, uh, having been in isolation now for, I would say, seven days. And we don't know how long this is going to go. So I think using this as an opportunity for some kind of self-reflection. Someone messaged me the other day and said, I'm an extrovert. What do I do? And by the way, who am I to give this advice, right? But I think for me personally, using this to look inwards and say, here are some of the things that I want to work on personally. And this is horrible what's happening, but to be able to actually spend some time to try to do those things because you don't really have another option. As you talk about kind of boss mode, I, I think, you know, it's it's an interesting time to start developing those routines, the things that you said you would and you never did, you know? You know, the hardest barrier to that is distractions. What? Yeah. So I think part of what makes this harder is that there's so much going on in the world. So right. you do have to create that space for yourself to get done whatever you feel like you need to do that day. I'm going to say this, but I will also preface it with this is really hard for me, too. But the news will still be there in a few hours. Twitter will still be there. Facebook will still be there. So you can turn those things off. You'll find your mental health is a lot, your mind's a lot clearer. And you're not actually going to miss something that's going to make a huge difference. You know, I spoke to an entrepreneur who was in quarantine in China. And I said to him, what's the thing about this that's been hard? And he said, you know, I've started being fully en engulfed digitally, right? And because of that, it's like he jokes, he's like, I swallowed the red pill, man. Like I went all in, you know, and so it's almost harder. Um, I, I think it's incredible in that we can all find connection right now. And we all need human connection and, and tech, which has gotten a pretty bad rap for the last, you know, couple of years, has helped us find some humanity again. But I do, I'm with you. I think we've got to be pretty careful because some of the days that have gone by, like I could spend easily without even realizing it, hours, almost like it's almost okay now in a way that it wasn't, just completely going away. So I love this idea of like maybe putting away your phone if you can for a couple hours or finding some time to, to try to do that. And don't do it just because someone on a podcast said to. Try it. So for example, take a day and say, I'm going to check Twitter as much as I want. And then at the end of the day, just say how you feel. Write it down. And then try another day where you stop yourself from it. And the they just write down how you feel. I mean, all these things, this sort of opportunity to self-experiment can be really rich, but you have to be a little systematic about it. So write things down. Yeah. Don't just go with what you think you felt or how you felt. So it's really helpful. Okay, we've got to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. More with my guest after the break. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. We got one more before we wrap, so hold on. Hi, this is Manny. My questions are how to be more focused and productive while working from home, given that I did not work remotely in recent past. Also, how to navigate around various distractions while working from home. So I know we've covered a lot of this, but maybe if you could kind of recap it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm with you, Manny. Like I, I, I am totally with you in dealing with that. So that is why I brought in Matt. <laughs> <laughs> There's great software like QBSurf, Screen Time, etc. So I like the self profile. So it's, sometimes it's very eye opening to look back and see how much time you actually spent on a certain website. So uh, check out Rescue Time, QBSurf. Uh, and of course, screen time, which is built into a lot of Apple devices to see where you actually spend your time and whether that aligns with what your priorities are. On my desk, the candle is actually a nice hack because I find it actually does help me focus. If you can have some sort of totem or reminder on your desk that if you find yourself being pulled to distraction, which often is a symptom of some other feeling like anxiety, loneliness, something else, if the totem can remind you of that to take a deep breath or to close the new tab or something like that, it can be really, really helpful. I use a Chrome extension called Momentum that when you launch a new tab, 
it can tell you what percent of the day you have left or show you a custom message or a different image. So just use this as a reminder because often opening a new tab is that point of distraction. Um, mm. It just, you know, to try to catch myself before I trigger the sort of unproductive habit. And those can be most helpful. Uh, but like I said, don't beat yourself up and also just try different things. One thing I've started doing to kind of balance is I'll set a timer <laughs> when I go to a website. So I use um, some software called Tomato One, but it's any sort of Pomodoro timer or set a timer on your phone. So you say, hey, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on Twitter and start it. And when that alarm finishes, close the tab <laughs> or close the app or whatever <laughs> it is. These things sound silly, but you kind of need a little bit more self-discipline, especially in the beginning to do this. And don't don't rely just on your willpower, like use the technology to make it easier for you. Those would be the ones that that I say, I, I'll go a little extra on that new tab screen. It allows a countdown. So I actually went to our actuarial calendar calculator and sort of plugged in my date of birth and whether I smoke or not. And it, it gave me the, the age I would probably live to. So then I plugged that into the countdown timer. So every time I launch a new tab, it says Memento Mori and the number of days until that day when statistically I'm likely to uh, kick the bucket. So right now it's 14,544. <laughs> That's about how many days I probably have left going around the sun or with the earth rotating. And so just reminding myself of that is a really great thing to to say like, is what I'm doing truly important right now? Like, am I doing the thing that, you know, 14,000 days left is, is how I want to spend those days. Uh, so look just around your environment, your habits, everything you're doing and see where you can kind of insert either a reminder or a trigger or an interruption that can help you make good choices to try to make it easier on yourself. There's no reason to make it hard. Um, we have a lot of technology and almost every piece of technology you use can be customized. There's time well spent things on your, your phone where you can limit time on certain apps. You can get software for your computer that blocks certain websites between certain times of the day. Sometimes I put my computer in airplane mode just to like make sure I can read a document without interruptions. So just figure out what it is that makes it easy for you and uh, do that. I love that advice. We launched a, a community number so people can text me and, and someone texted something they did when they were in the military to take care of themselves uh, during tough times was they would write down things they were going to do when things got better, uh, write down restaurants they wanted to go to. So I'm going to start doing that, you know, because we don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine and self-isolating and we don't know um, how long this is going to be. So what are you looking forward to when all this is when all this is over? Uh, yeah, I think just getting together with friends without worry. It's one of those things. Like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to see my mom when I can. So that means that everyone else I'm trying to avoid seeing <laughs> because I don't want to be an unknown carrier or asymptomatic carrier to her. So just that, I'll, you know what? I'll pick one thing, hugs. <laughs> I'm a hugger. Oh, I like giving and receiving hugs. And, totally. uh, and we're kind of not doing that right now. We're doing elbow bumps <laughs> if you, even if you see someone. So just I'm looking forward to hugs again. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I can't wait to give folks giant hugs. No time soon. <laughs> no time soon. But but wow, I can't wait till all this is over and we can all hug each other. And, and I think that's a nice way to end with a hopeful future and hugs. 
In these times of social distancing, when everything feels completely unknown, I have always believed it's important to stay connected, but I, I believe that now more than ever. So I say this and I mean it. Reach out to us. Reach out to me. Keep an eye out on our social media. We're going to have ways to participate. You can text me, 917-540-3410. Also, if you have anything you're thinking about, if you're sitting in self-isolation, you want to say something, you have questions, send me a voice memo uh, to firstcontactpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to do our best to be there for everyone during this tough time. Thanks for listening. You can connect with me. I'm self-isolating and here. I am at Lori Siegel on Twitter and Instagram. The show is at First Contact Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find us. We're at First Contact Pod and First Contact's a production of Dot 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 Media, executive produced by Lori Siegel and Derek Dodge. I will say we're executive producing it from home at the moment. Uh, this episode was produced and edited by Sabine Jansen and Jack Regan. The original theme music is by Xander Singh. I hope everyone is staying home and staying healthy during this time. We're sending our thoughts to each and every one of you guys. First Contact with Lori Siegel is a production of Dot 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 Media and iHeartRadio. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.